Hey guys, welcome back to Next Level Health and Crypto, where we talk about all things health, mental, physical, especially nutrition. You know I love nutrition. And we talk about cryptocurrency investing and trading. These are things that I'm passionate about and I love talking about. You know, sometimes I even talk a little bit of politics. You know, I'm more of a conservative-leaning kind of guy, so you're going to get that take from me. Sorry if you're uh, not quite so conservative, but hey, you know what? Maybe maybe you'll learn something, and maybe I'll learn something from you, even though I'm, I'm just listening to myself right now and not anyone else. Anyway, guys, I'm actually coming at you right now from my car because I recently moved in with a couple of my good buddies to my buddy's condo. Now, this is a temporary move. We are the three of us, if you listen to my last podcast, we are planning on moving to Tampa Bay, Florida. We just visited there about a month ago, it seems. Man, time flies. We loved it. We love what they're all about there. We love uh, DeSantis and what he has, has going on. So we are excited to be moving to Florida soon. In fact, you know, it's kind of crazy how these things work out. You know, God really provides. So, you know, ironically, you know, Kyle here, my buddy, he selling his condo and what do you know, but he becomes best friends with a real estate photographer in Roy. And now literally Roy made some amazing photos, did a 3D tour, did some virtual staging. And now this house is, I think on Redfin, he said it was, it was hot on Redfin and there's getting a bunch of saves and there's probably been like 12 to 15 showings already. It's been nuts. As someone who lives in the house, it kind of sucks because people are constantly coming in and out. And so I pretty much just left and went to hang out at my parents' house just to try to get work done so I wouldn't get distracted because I'm that kind of person. I just need to be able to really focus. I can't be, I can't be distracted too much when I'm trying to work. So hasn't been, has not been very fun for me the last couple of days. But I understand this is just temporary and it's a good sign that he's going to get a really good offer on this condo. And as soon as that sells, we'll be off to Florida. So I don't imagine I'll be here any longer than maybe till the end of February, maybe a little bit into March before I'll be taken off, guys. And I'll be doing podcasts from Florida. So you'll have to stay tuned and hear about all the awesome stuff we got going on there. Anyway, let's move on to some health stuff, guys. I have so much health stuff on my mind. You know, mental health is really big for me. I actually just came out recently with one of my first mental health videos. If you go on my YouTube channel, you can check that out. In that one, I talk about the power of gratitude. And I know it's so cheesy and cliche, but if you actually dedicate just a couple minutes each day to focus on something that you're thankful for. Even you know, saying out loud is even better. If you can say out loud five things that you're thankful for and really, really think about those things and think about how lucky you are to have those things. And if you just took that two to three minutes a day and did that every single day consistently, I guarantee you would see an improvement in your mood, in your resiliency, and just overall in your happiness because you're taking that time to really focus on what you have and not what you don't have. And that's what I talk about in that video. So please go on YouTube, check that out, make sure to subscribe to me. I have some more health content. Oh, I have tons of health content coming out all the time. Nutrition. In fact, I am excited, guys. I found, well, I'm sort of excited and at the same time sad. And I'll have to tell you what that's about here in a second. 
before I go into that though, yeah, I, I have a lot of mental health videos coming up that I really want to do. I really feel like God has put on my heart to share my story. For those of you who have not heard my story, I've talked about it throughout my previous podcast, but I was hospitalized for mental health in my early 20s. I uh, made an attempt on my life. I was hospitalized, spent time in a psych ward, spent months and months in group therapy, individual therapy. I did the whole drug route, not on any drugs anymore, praise the Lord. And I learned a ton of skills and it's just, it's made me fascinated by the human mind and how we think and which got me really interested in investing too, because investing and, and trading and, and with the charts is really just mental. It's really just human emotion on a chart. So that's why I'm really fascinated by crypto trading and trading in general and uh, technical analysis. It's just the human mind. I'm interested in the human mind. The human mind is a fascinating place that we can all be so unique, but at the same time, all have so many similarities and so many commonalities and so many things that we all do. One thing that I've noticed recently that just cracks me up every time I see it. And it's just, again, it's one of those things where we're so individual, but yet also so similar. So if you're ever at the gym, just watch the guys around you and every five to 10 minutes or so, just watch one of them and they'll definitely be looking in the nearest mirror and flexing. And I've really just been observing this lately. And I've, of course I do it all the time. I mean, and it's just, it's just funny how it's this, this similar practice that literally every single guy in the gym is doing every five, 10 minutes, especially after a, after a lift, when you got a big pump, you'll just kind of flex check out the mirror if you're nick you'll flex your triceps hey nick and it just cracked me up seeing this this behavior repeated over and over and over and over again just amongst different men and it just absolutely cracked me up we're so individual yet so similar at the same time hilarious anyway so one of the mental health videos that i'm going to be doing next is on i'm going to be breaking down actually specific thought patterns that are unhealthy specific ways that human beings basically do not see reality. I'll put it that way. One of those I'm going to talk about here on this podcast, I might not go super into detail. I might focus a whole whole specific podcast just on that because I do have some other stuff I want to cover with some of my workout stuff and then some crypto stuff as well. But one of them is the power of absolutes. And this is the very first thing that I learned in group therapy was the power of of using absolutes. Now, you might be asking, what is an absolute? An absolute is when you say never or always or no one or everybody. They're absolutes. They're extremes, right? The reason why we as, as humans in general need to be very careful about our use of this word, both in our minds and we speak it out loud, this word, these words are powerful. Let me give you a perfect example. Let's say you're struggling with depression and you are thinking in your head and or telling other people out loud, I, I am always depressed. You use that absolute, that always. Now, that statement in and of itself is probably I, actually, I can guarantee you that statement is actually a false statement. And you, you probably think, what? Are you what? No, no, I always feel depressed. But you have to ask yourself, do you truly always, 100% of every day, every second, every minute, feel depressed? You're probably going to think, well, no, right? Maybe while you're watching a TV show, your brain kind of shuts off and you don't 
feel depressed. You'd focus on the show or maybe you read a book and you're thinking about the book or maybe you're in a conversation with somebody and you're thinking about the conversation and you might have, you might be someone who does struggle with depression quite a bit, but I can guarantee you there are moments where you don't, where your mind is elsewhere. So in that case, the statement, I'm always depressed is actually an inaccurate statement. It's a a misrepresentation of reality. Now, unfortunately, if you say that word to yourself in your mind, to other people, well, your mind hears that and you hear the, I'm always depressed. And in that moment, you believe that that's true, that you always feel depressed and it becomes sort of self-fulfilling because that thought in and of itself is very depressing to believe, right? If I believed in this moment right now that I am always going to feel depressed, I am now going to feel even more depressed in this moment, focusing on the hopelessness and the despair of believing that I am always going to feel depressed. It's self-fulfilling, really, in the moment, and it, and it really hurts you long term. Now, if I were to reframe that statement using what's called cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what I was taught when I was going through my mental health stuff, well, I would think about that thought and I would say, well, hold on a second. It might be true that I feel depressed a lot or often, but I can't say accurately, if I'm trying to accurately represent reality, I cannot say that I'm always depressed. That is an inaccurate statement because I, you know, even when I was at my worst, I still had moments where I was not depressed. I did not feel depressed. So if I reframe that thought, like, you know, I feel depressed a lot and that may be more accurate. And that may still not feel amazing, but I guarantee you just by thinking or feeling that or saying that thought, it's going to lessen that feeling because there is hope now. You have introduced hope. You went from having a thought that basically was a thought of despair, that you will always feel this way, that it's never going to end. There's another absolute right there. I'm never going to feel better. I'm always going to feel depressed, right? That's a thought of despair. There's zero hope in that thought whatsoever. Now, if you said, well, I feel depressed a lot, it still doesn't feel good. But there's hope in that statement because although you feel depressed a lot, there are moments where you don't. And that means there's hope. That means not every waking moment is going to be mental torture. It means there's a chance that maybe you can figure out what you're doing in those moments where you're not and try to recreate those more often. Right. I'm not saying you can cure your depression this way, but this is just a way to see reality more accurately. And when you see reality more accurately, I guarantee you, you are going to feel better. And so I'm going to be actually going through on both my podcast and my YouTube channel because I really feel strongly about this. I'm going to be breaking you down these different thought patterns that we do. Right. And there's a bunch of them. There's the, the other one that comes to the mind is projection. If you ever heard that term projecting, it's where you mind read, where you assume someone is thinking something about you and you project your own insecurities onto someone else, even if they're not even thinking about you at all. They might be thinking about their puppy dog at home, but you project and you assume that they're thinking that you're ugly, just as an example. That would be what's called projecting. And that's again, Another thing that we fall into pretty often, 
We assume things about other people. We assume we know what they're thinking and we can read their minds. And typically those thoughts that we think that they're thinking are pretty negative about us, that we're weird or dumb or whatever. And it's again, we have to take that moment to recognize, is this an accurate representation of reality? Do I really know what this person is thinking about? And most of the time, you're going to have to say, no, I don't. Or you're going to have to ask them, hey, were you, what were you thinking about? And they're probably going to tell you, oh, you know, I have to I have work I got to do tomorrow. And so I was thinking about the test. And you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I feel so much better. I In, in my mind, I was projecting. You might not say this to them, but you're, in your mind, you're going to be like, oh, wow. I was projecting and mind reading that they hate me or that they were pissed at me. And I just asked them what they were thinking about. And they're just thinking about the work they have to do tomorrow. Maybe they're Maybe they're pissed about that. Right. So again, when you start to see reality more accurately by realizing these thought patterns and these thought distortions, you are going to be a much happier person because you'll realize that most people aren't really thinking about you. And I know some people might think, oh, that's kind of sad. That's depressing because I want other people to think about me. But then at the same time, it's also very freeing because you know the focus is not always on you. And you don't have to really, you can just be yourself and know that most people are just thinking about themselves. And that's totally fine. We're going to think about ourselves most of the time. So those are just two examples of things that I learned while I was going through my group therapy, anxiety classes, individual therapy, all that stuff. I really loved learning about thought distortions and about how to recognize them. And I think it's totally biblical too, because the Bible talks about capturing thoughts, submitting them to God, right? Seeing if they line up with reality. And so if you are looking to improve your mental health, whether you're someone who struggles chronically with mental health, or you're just an average person who has average stresses and, you know, everyone I'm sure has their different areas where they do struggle mental health. Some, some people it's more debilitating than others. One of the first things I want you to do is I want you to start thinking about what you're saying when it comes to absolutes and recognize, recognizing your mind when you're thinking, man, I'm never going to get married. Man, I'm always going to be single. Man, I'm never going to be rich. I'm always going to be poor. Man, no one likes me. Everybody hates me. Everybody, no one wants to, no one wants to hang out with me. Nobody wants to be with me, right? In those moments, when you have those thoughts, when you think those thoughts, when you tell other people that's how you're feeling with those thoughts, remember to correct. Remember to go, hmm, okay. Does nobody like me at all? Is that accurate? I guarantee it's probably not. You know, if you got parents, pretty sure your parents like you. Maybe, maybe some, some, some parents maybe don't like their kids. So I'm not saying it's universal, but I can guarantee you if you're an average human being, even if you're below average human being, I don't know what that means exactly, but there's going to be someone that likes you. So the statement that no one likes me is inaccurate or no one wants to hang out with me is inaccurate. There are probably people that want to hang out with you, but maybe you don't want to hang out with them because they don't, you don't think they're very fun. So really, I think mental health really improves when we see reality accurately. When we see things through either the lens of, to me, the lens of God is the lens of reality. He sees reality. He sees the reality of a broken world which can be depressing too, but he also sees the reality of redemption and of a life in heaven in the future with him and of a relationship with him on earth. 
He sees that. He sees the good in people. He sees just the accurate representation of what people are doing and thinking. And sure, there are some times where someone might be thinking something about you negative. That That's possible. It's probably not very often, just because, again, most people are thinking about themselves. And again, we have to acknowledge our limitations. One, I think one of the reasons why people fall into mental health struggle is they're actually not aware of their own limitations. They think, they don't even realize that the act of projecting and mind reading is in and of itself an act of arrogance, an act of you think you can read someone's mind. I've had conversations with people sometimes where I've had to kind of talk them through where they they say, oh, well, no, this person feels this way when I this, and this person thinks about me this way. And I said, hold on a second. Where's your evidence? How do you know they feel this way? How do you know they think this way? You seem to know them almost better than they would even know themselves. Can you take a step back and recognize your own limitations here and say, oh, shoot, you know, I may know this person pretty well, but I don't know their every thought. I don't know their every feeling. Maybe I should ask them. Maybe I should ask a friend of theirs. Maybe there's another way to find out the truth here. Right? When we don't, and we think we're being good people, but we don't realize how arrogant we are deep down that we even, that we're so high on our horse that we even think that we can mind read people that well. You know, some people are pretty skilled at it. You know, I think I'm pretty good at reading emotion in the room and, I'm pretty good at understanding those things, but again, I have to recognize my own limitations. And although maybe I have a good intuition that someone doesn't like me, I, I, it's not a guarantee. I'm not a mind reader. I'm not a God. I, you know, again, I would have to ask them to find out or ask someone else. Maybe not. Maybe they were just mad about work that day. Maybe they're mad at somebody else. There's so many times, guys, where we think we know the situation. And then when we ask about it, we find out later, oh, wow, that person was just like, they were sick. It's like, oh my gosh, this whole time I was thinking like they were mad at me and that I had done something wrong and blah, blah, blah. And it turns out, yeah, they were actually like sick the whole time. And like, they've been miserable the last couple of days. They've been throwing up and like, oh man, it's like a load just comes off your shoulders. Cause you're like, oh, wow, I, I totally made this all about me again. And when they were, just, they were sick, you know, it's, it's just Again, I think you'll find more often than not that you will be relieved when you discover the reality of these situations. So anyway, those are just two examples, absoluting, absolutes, and projecting or mind reading. And again, I will have more distortions for you in the future to help you guys recognize these thoughts when they come in and be able to immediately identify what's, what's the distortion and how to reframe the thought using cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, to create a more accurate reflection in your mind of what's going on. And with that accurate reflection, that should hopefully over time affect how you feel because you'll be believing in more of the reality of things. Anyway, all right, so that's just a little mental health little bit there for you. I'll have more of that coming in the future. Let's talk a little bit about some workout weightlifting stuff I've been doing. So as always, when it comes to working out, you have to do what is sustainable for you and you got to be able to pivot quickly. So I was, I just recently started old school iron again. I wanted to go through it again and I did month one, which I think I talked about in a previous pod here. And I love month one. Month one is absolutely fantastic. It's probably my favorite month out of the entire Athlean X program. 
like the entire all the programs I've done of Athlete X, my favorite month is month one of Old School Iron because it's only three days of heavy lifting, so I get to go heavy. It's simple. It's three sets of five with warm-up sets before that. So it's simple. It's it's heavy lifting, which I like doing heavy lifting. I like pushing for PRs. And then you get a lot of rest time in between. And those rest days are perfect for abs and correctives. And if you've been listening to my podcast or watching my YouTube channel or reading my blog or anything, you know that I love to approach weightlifting from a physical therapy standpoint first. First, before we do anything, we need to protect the joints. We need to make sure things are aligned. We need to make sure imbalances are corrected. This is the key to sustainability over the long term when it comes to lifting weights. So what I love about month one is the abs and corrective days. I get to spend a whole workout day, which typically is only about 40 minutes, right? Because I'm not doing a heavy lifting session. And again, I'll do an ab circuit for the first 15, 20 minutes. And then I'll do 20 minutes of specific correctives where I'm hitting my upper back. I'm hitting my rear delt and mid and upper traps and even my lower traps too. I'm hitting my glute medius and glute max, right? Because those are super important. I might be doing some work on my arch. I might be doing some barefoot walking. I might do some band work. I might do some rotator cuff stuff, right? I might do some 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 snow angels, right? I'm, my whole focus on that day is just how do I correct my posture? How do I make every, how do I make my hips balanced? I love that. I love the space to spend a whole day just focusing on abs and correctives. And so month one got me absolutely jacked. I have some photos of me from month one and I look just jacked, like shredded. My abs are popping out. My shoulders are looking huge. Everything's looking big because I'm, you know, it's heavy lifting, all, you know, all the, you know, bench, overhead press, squat, all the main stuff. Love month one. But again, I did, I got, I got bored of month one after doing month one for like almost two months. And I knew I needed to move on. I just needed to do something different just because I was starting to get bored and it was starting to affect my, my desire to go to the gym was lessening because I was kind of getting bored. And so that's whenever that happens, whenever I hit that point where I'm, I miss a gym day or two because I'm not really wanting to go in the gym. It, I know I've hit the point of boredom. I've hit the point. Okay. The, something needs to change. I'm too bored with the same workout. So then I went to month two and I was doing month two for a little bit. And I liked month two. It's a push pull leg split with the, the heavy lifting at the beginning with some of them hitting some of the major lifts with what's called contrast wave loading, which is another way to hit PRs. You kind of prep you do warm up and then you prep with a set of five for a one rep. So it's kind of a prep for one reps. It's very cool. I really enjoy it. I've been able to hit some good PRs using that method. But it wasn't working with my schedule. Things have been very hectic for me lately. I obviously just went from, you know, having my own room at my parents' place with tons of space so I could get work done, uh, being really close to the gym, you know, Everything was great, you know, and then I moved out, which I, you know, I needed to do that for my own sake and for some, you know, my parents wanted me out too. <laughs> and of course I finally found some awesome roommates, so I had to take advantage, but now I'm in a place where I don't have my own room. I'm sleeping on the, you know, bed couch. I don't have my own space. Now I'm far away from the gym. So, you know, obviously I have all this hectic stuff going on with content creating and crypto and I'm doing Instacart and shipped and roadie and these different 
apps to make a little money and so every so it just became too too burdensome this specific plan was just it was too hard to kind of keep up with and then if, if, even just the amount of volume I was doing when it when it comes to you know line dancing twice a week now I'm probably getting in like 10 to 15,000 steps a day doing Instacart and shipped right because I'm walking around the grocery store shopping for people so I just couldn't maintain the amount of volume with the way that it was structured and I just I had after two weeks I had to give it up I like I like month two and I enjoy the the splits it's, it's kind of cool the way you, you lift you go heavy mid and then high rep in sort of a a circuit so which is cool because you sort of hit all the different you know fast and slow switch slow twitch fibers in that and it's kind of almost like a pyramid right I'm going heavy then a little lighter and then a little lighter but I'm still pushing till failure on all three of those. And so, anyway, I, I really enjoyed the plan. There's nothing wrong with the plan at all. In the future, I will definitely do it again. But it just was not working out with what I have going on in my life. And so I had to then jump to month three, which I've been doing now for two weeks. And it's much easier. I've It's, it's a little more simplified. It's just a typical bro split with a chest and back, you know, hitting some legs, shoulders and arms, rest day. However, I, again, I've had to... Because of the amount of volume on my legs when it comes to line dancing, probably to 30 to 50 songs twice a week, all the walking from Instacart and Ship daily, I've had to lower my leg day volume quite a bit. It's just too much. I just could not recover very well. I was finding myself being just really chronically fatigued, especially in my lower body, doing the really heavy lifting on top of everything else I was doing. It's just my legs had no chance to recover. And it was really, it was really making it tough on me. So I had to lower my leg day volume quite a bit. Now I kind of just do, I do chest and back. Usually that second day is become more of a squat and correctives day where I'll do squats fairly heavy, but that's it with some correctives, maybe some abs. Then we go to shoulders and arms. Next day we hit the deadlift, abs and correctives. So I've kind of combined month one and elements of month one with month three just kind of working around the bro split instead of the total body that was month one still trying to fit in those correctives on those sort of shorter leg days because i know i'm getting plenty of leg volume in in other ways but i still want to make sure i'm squatting and deadlifting because those are the most essential important lifts that we can we all need to be doing on a regular basis to maintain flexibility, to maintain just the ability to, when you're doing day-to-day tasks, perform those movements, right? If I'm picking up groceries, then I'm utilizing my squat. And if I'm not training my squat consistently, then it's it's likely I will probably round my back and bend over or I'll probably hurt myself, right? So it's really important that we're training these squat and deadlift movements pretty consistently. So that way, when it comes to real-life application, when we're walking around, and something's on the ground, we you know do a proper hinge when we grab down to to grab that thing off the ground, or we you know different things come up in life that you need to be able to squat down or deadlift for. Right, these are essential movements here. So I wanted to continue to include those as well as add some abs and correctives. The only thing I'm probably missing in my current plan right now is doing some individual leg work when it comes to both my quads, my hamstrings, and glutes. Right again, it's it's something that if you if you are just doing t- 
two you know, leg movements that involve both your legs at the same time, then you could easily develop imbalances where one side is stronger, so it'll take over during the lift. This is a problem. So this is the only downside, I'd say, to my current program combination here that I've been doing because I'm not, I don't have as much time right now for the single leg, you know, doing some Romanian deadlifts or doing some lunges or doing some, trying to think of some single leg hamstring, doing some uh, single leg deadlifts, right? So still trying to figure out how I'm going to actually incorporate those in, or I might even just trade off maybe now that I'm actually thinking about it as I'm talking here, maybe I'll do squat and the next time we go through that circuit, maybe I jump to, you know, Romanian deadlifts or, or, or sorry, um, not Romanian deadlifts, I'm blanking on the name, um, Bulgarian split squats, that's the one, that's the single leg one, sorry, I messed up earlier, and then maybe switch, I might switch that back and forth, back and forth, so I'm still, I still am getting in at least one good squatting session a week, and then one good single leg quad exercise a week, and the same thing with the deadlifts, I'll do dead, maybe single leg deadlifts, and then regular deadlifts, Right. Then here, I'm coming up with stuff as I'm talking. What do you know? And that way I can still get in some single leg movement, single leg training. Because again, I want to stay athletic. And part of being athletic is being able to move on one leg. Because that's what you do when you're an athlete. You have to, you can't, everything's not two leg movements. Right. So that's my current plan. I'll keep you guys updated on how that's going. The plan itself, I'm liking it better mainly because, again, like I mentioned before, when I was doing the heavy, heavy lifting, again, when you lift heavy, when you're going for one rep PRs and big sets of five and three and all those things, you need more rest time. And I just was not able to get it. And so I was chronically fatigued for weeks. So now that I'm doing this program and it's more, I wasn't, I wasn't struggling so much with the upper body as much fatigue a little bit, but it was more the lower body fatigue. But whenever you kind of change your plan to be something where you're doing higher reps, well, now you can actually do more volume and you need less recovery time. So that's kind of the nice part about this current plan is it's, it's more in the 10 to 12 rep range. For most of the exercises, it involves more drop sets and supersets, which are, again, are ways to get in more volume in a faster period of time and way to bring a lot of blood to the muscle, which is one way to grow muscle. I don't think it's the optimal way to grow muscle personally, but I'm sort of sacrificing maybe optimal muscle growth that I would get from more strength training to allow for more recovery and easier recovery because I can now do more volume with, with less recovery time. And so I'm, I'm finding that even just after a couple weeks of switching to this, I am way less chronically fatigued. I feel very good in general. I don't always feel like I'm, you know, I still sleep a lot, don't get me wrong, but I don't need quite as much sleep as I did when I was strength training heavy three days a week. Plus, especially with that push-pull, that push-pull leg split I think was too much because you don't really even get, because with month one, Right, I'm doing the three heavy lift days. I'm getting two kind of break days in between where I'm just doing abs and correctives, and then there's two days in between those that I'm just I'm not doing anything, or I'm just going, you know, doing walking or whatever, right? So there was a lot more recovery time, whereas when I was doing month two, where it was push pull legs break, push pull legs break with all the heavy lifting, it it just like it was almost too much 
you just didn't have, didn't allow for enough recovery time because you're still doing those heavy contrast wave loading lifts and then you're doing heavy lifting um, in the circuits as well so it just did not really the recovery time was not really available i almost would have had to maybe create an extra like push pull legs break break push pull legs you know like two rest days instead of one just to try to get enough recovery time and it's definitely something i'm starting to research more and focus more on in my health journey is okay it's kind of it's all about recovery right now the ultimate form of recovery steroids <laughs> if you want to really really recover so fast towards you can just build muscle like a gargantuan well the steroids is the way to go obviously i don't want to do the steroid route but I am sort of, my focus now is on recovery, 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 because I'm realizing how important that is to gaining muscle, to performing. You know, how much sleep am I getting? Am I wearing my, my blue light blockers before bed so that way I'm producing more melatonin in my brain before bed so I'm actually getting into a deeper sleep, right? It's, it's those little things, right? Am I wearing a, I wear a face covering over my eyes so that way the sunlight doesn't wake me up prematurely. I can get longer, uh, longer, longer sleep. You know, I make sure my my room is very cool. You know, very cool. I I'm very warm. I'm very warm blooded, so I need like very cool temperatures at night, or else I will not sleep. I had to buy my own AC unit at my parents' house because they didn't like to put on the AC at night, and I was always just roasting in my bed, dude. <laughs> so I, I bought my own AC unit and keep it at like sixty five. And that was beautiful. I would sleep like a friggin' baby. So I definitely need a very cold atmosphere to be able to sleep. Most people usually arrange. You want to be from anywhere from like 65 to 68 degrees is optimal for sleep. So try try to keep your room within that range, and you know, I guarantee you'll you'll have really really good sleep. Well, I guess maybe maybe there's the occasional exception. Maybe some people run a little bit warmer or hotter. Anyway. So it's all about recovery for me. Uh, I've upped my vitamin intake overall. I'm taking multiple more you know vitamins than I ever have. Again, I'm focused on sleep. I'm focused on melatonin production. I'm focused on those things. I I really want to try out. Jeff Cutler does have a product, a recovery product that I actually have always wanted to try out. Actually, from what I've read review wise, it's, it gets people really good results. So I'm really looking into recovery supplements and more things I can do to just enhance my recovery because you know I'm not getting any younger. I'm about to turn 30 years old here in a couple days. Happy birthday to me. So recovery is going to be so, so important the older and older I get. So I've been foam rolling a lot more and really just focused on that recovery. And you know, I actually hurt myself recently. I was line dancing on Friday and... I was going pretty hard the whole night, and actually at the end of the night, one of the last songs we were doing, I actually pulled a muscle in my calf, like the very top portion of my calf. I thought at first, I thought it was my knee, because I hurt, because I felt a pop, and I immediately like couldn't really put a lot of pressure on my leg, because there was a lot of pain, and my first thought was, damn, there, there it goes, there goes my ACL, it's done, here I am, this is happening to me. Like crap! I never thought this would happen to me. You know, I take care of my knees like they're freaking. I try, I try to do everything to take care of my knees. I thought I was done. I was like, "Here we go. Here goes my rehab." Or I was. My first thought was, "How am I going to go to Florida if I'm going to have to have surgery on my knee right now? Like this is the couldn't be the worst. This is the worst timing of all time." Now, of course, I sat down. I calmed down for a bit. I realized 
that it wasn't a knee. It was just, again, overuse of, of my calf muscle. And I think it might even be there's a muscle that connects from your calf and kind of wraps around your knee. I think it might even be that muscle that got pulled. But I think it was just a pull, nothing else, because uh, I've been treating it with, uh, been pretty much going ice to to heat to acupuncture to rolling it out. I think I'm, I might come up with my own name for that type of uh, type of therapy. I'd call it like, let's see what the ice I heat H I H A I H A R I har <laughs> I her recovery. <laughs> Because you got the ice, right? You want to really bring down the inflammation, any swelling going on. You immediately hit that with the heat, so you can just bring a whole, you know, a bunch of new blood into that area. Then you got the acupuncture, which again just basically brings more blood into the area. I think the most effective thing for me, though, that's been helping is just rolling out, right? Because when you have an injury, your body's natural inclination is to create a its own. What do you call? It? What's the name of that thing? its own splint, right? You know how you, when you hurt your leg and you have to make a splint for it to like keep it from moving, right? Because it's hurt. So your body, when your body gets injured, your body creates a natural splint based on the muscles around that injured spot, like tighten, like a splint. Because they, they're like, oh, we, we, we need to protect this injury from like anything moving or anything happening. The problem with that though is when you have these tight muscles all around that, that injured muscle, you can't get blood flow to that muscle and you need blood flow to that muscle to heal the muscle. So what you have to do is you have to almost fight your body's natural inclination to, and that's, that's where rolling out comes in, right? Using a foam roller, using Theragun, using a personal massager, right? They can roll out all the muscles around that hurt area of the muscle and those muscles start to loosen and all of a sudden you get blood flow. And when you get blood flow, you get healing. So I've noticed, I've noticed from you know doing the icing, heating, acupuncture, and the rolling out. The rolling out has actually been. If I was to pick one of those four, and I could only do one of those four for recovery, I would just roll out or do massage. That I've noticed the biggest benefit from that. Now, obviously, it depends on the injury too. If I had like, if I you know had my knee was super super swollen. Okay, obviously ice. You're gonna have to ice it because you need to bring down that swelling. That's that's crucial. I can't I can't roll out. I could try to roll out parts around my knee. <laughs> my knee's massively swollen, but if it's so swollen, I might not even be able to move it enough to even roll out. Right. So the number one thing, obviously, if you have any sort of swelling, is get the swelling down immediately. Because as soon as you get the swelling down, then you get the range of motion back, and when you get the range of motion back that's when you can get blood flow back into the area by rolling out around the injury, by heating it, all that stuff. But yeah, number one, you got to get the swelling down. So luckily there wasn't a lot of swelling. So I've just mainly been focusing on the IHAR recovery. Mostly the rolling out though has been the biggest benefit. So I just thought I'd mention that real quick. Moving on to nutrition, guys. My nutrition right now is the best it's ever been. Living in my parents' house, love them to death. But man, do they keep a lot of junky food around the house. So now that I'm in a house where I've got three guys and we're all very, we have very similar goals. We all want to work out every day. We all want to eat super healthy. You know, Roy and Kyle have been, it's been cool. They've been really picking my brain a lot about nutrition, about all sorts of things. And so I've had a, had a real chance to share a lot of my knowledge with them. 
now that we're living together and we all have this common goal of just wanting to be like healthy and active and go line dancing and work out so it's really cool to be in a place with similar minded people it's hard when you live with people who don't have your same goals don't have your same values it's a struggle it was a struggle living with my parents because they although they're you know very healthy and active they did not have anywhere near well not anywhere i'm exaggerating they did not have the same values that i do or the same standards and goals and so it, it it was always a struggle where their goal is not to be as healthy as me it's not to dedicate their you know to, to perform and to do all the things that i'm doing i need to be like nutritionally sound and even just for my mental health right i mentioned at the beginning about my mental struggles right one of the reasons i got so into nutrition was because i was like yo i cannot live this way where i'm having panic attacks and anxiety and depression all the time if that means i need to change my diet and my nutrition to complete, like I will do whatever it takes from a nutritional standpoint to give my brain every single advantage possible to fight the mental health, right? So my parents don't struggle with mental health in the same way I do. So maybe they don't, their nutrition is it's not as important for me. It's so, so important to me because I know when I'm eating well, that's when I'm feeling well. And that's when my mental health is better. So there's really, it's just a different game. It's a different game for me than it is for them based on my realities of my limitations and my struggles require a more emphasis on nutrition. So it was always a struggle to, you know, when there's brownies being made and cookies being made and cinnamon rolls left out on the table and Oreos and Fruit Loops and all around all the time, it's hard, you know, again, just misaligned goals there. So now that I'm living in a place with similar-minded guys here who we all love to cook work out, be active, eat healthy. It's been like phenomenal because I can go, I can come home not not really worrying about oh man, am I going to go for the fruit loops tonight <laughs> because I had a bad day. It's like no, there's no fruit loops here. I have my food and I make my food and I eat my food and I have my own little sweet treats that I that I that I use and I'm going to be making some more YouTube videos kind of with some more ideas for meals and snacks and different things that are a lot healthier and a lot more, you know, the ingredients are a lot better. So it's been pretty amazing to to be able to be as consistent as I've been with my nutrition. So loving that, I'm love to see I'm I'm excited to see where my body is going to go, where my performance and recovery is going to go now that my nutrition is is pretty much at the one of the best points it's ever been before. So super super excited about that. Guys, lastly, let's touch on some cryptocurrency Pretty happy right now, guys. We had a drop down to 32,000. And I've held. And one of the reasons I've held is because I've learned as an investor this simple, simple statement. And that is buy when others are fearful and sell when others are greedy. This is very simple, but very hard to do. Now, there's something called the Fear and Greed Index on Bitcoin and crypto. And recently, we have been in extreme fear. I mean, bottom 10% extreme fear. So you as an investor need to think that is the time to buy. And I don't mean just buy anything. Obviously, you want to buy something that you believe in or that you think is a good product, right? I'm not going to just go invest in a penny stock or some micro cap crypto just because the fear and greed index is down, right? 
obviously. So if you already have companies or products or crypto products and services that you like, and you're already like, okay, I really like this one for the long term. As soon as you hit those fear levels, that's the time to buy. That's the time. If like an example is if you're at a grocery store and the eggs are on sale, you know, half off, you're going to freaking buy up those eggs. Because you're like, hell yeah, I love eggs. Eggs are freaking great protein, complete protein. I already believe in eggs. Now you're giving me eggs half off. Let me go buy some more eggs, dude. I may have bought some eggs already maybe a couple weeks ago when it was double the price. But now that it's half off, I'm buying some more. Maybe, maybe the eggs aren't a great example because they do spoil. So maybe if you maybe something that doesn't spoil, right? You would just buy like protein powder, right? Like my favorite protein powders. I might sometimes have to buy them at higher prices. But whenever they have a big deal where they're like half off, I buy like a ton of them, right? I'm like, load up, baby. I already know I'm going to have this protein anyway. Now I'm getting at a discount. You need to think the same way as an investor. When you get lots of fear in the market, that is the time to accumulate. So unfortunately, I didn't sell enough when the greed and when the index was more on the greed. I got too greedy instead of taking profits when it got up there. So as it came down to super, super fearful levels, I have not sold really any of my stuff. I've only really added to my bags, if you will, because every crypto I own is staked or farmed in some way. So all of my cryptos are earning APYs or APRs. So they're making a little more of, they're making more of themselves, right? I have Polkadot that's staking for 12%. I have Cardano that's staking for 5%. I have Solana that's staking for 7%. I have Matic and Sand Token that's farming for 50%. I have uh, AVAX that's staking for, I think, 8 or 9%. I have um, Luna that's staking for 7 to 8 All my crypto tokens are all staking or farmed to continue to accumulate more and more of them. Especially when the market is fearful. Now, unfortunately... All my money is basically in the crypto market. And again, I failed to take profits when we got to when the greed meter, when it was more high on the greed. I failed to take profits then, unfortunately. I wish I had. I wish I had taken some profits there because I could have bought back when the markets became really fearful. But again, I'm kind of new to this game. <laughs> so I made the mistake. So I'm going to learn from my mistake and I'm definitely going to take profits. When we go back up and that greed meter gets nice and high, I'm going to begin to take some profits on some of my cryptos. But I've held. I've held because I'd say more so because of I do follow five or six YouTubers that I've kind of learned to trust over time based on their information has just continuously come through and been accurate. Two of them are technical analysis guys who break down the charts and show me the TA. I have a couple people that are focused more on the news and the use cases and the, um, uh, not documentation, the, the implementation and the sort of how crypto is becoming mainstream and more and more people are using it. So I have a couple sources that I've grown to trust that I follow consistently and they've all said the same thing. They've all said buy when others are fearful and sell when they're greedy and that's what you use the fear and greed index for. And they've just told me story after story about the mass adoption that's happening in cryptocurrency. We have a whole country using it as their currency, buying the dips. 
We have MicroStrategy with Michael Saylor buying the dips over and over again. A lot of my influencers I follow are buying the dips. They're accumulating more Bitcoin. They are setting limit orders to where if it drops below a certain point, it buys them more Bitcoin. It buys them more Ethereum. It buys them more of their favorite altcoins. These people are realizing, again, buy low, sell high. It's really easy to say. It's hard to do. It's a mental game. Trading is a mental freaking game. And I would highly recommend being an investor over a trader. I try to do a little bit of both. I try to invest, but invest longer term and then you know do a little bit of trading by taking profits at certain points. That's what I'm learning to do as a crypto trader slash investor. But guys, now is the time, honestly, to, to buy. Because again, now I will say this. I Although I'm holding pretty much all my portfolios. I, I do have a small trading account and I am waiting on the trading account. I'm waiting for a specific indicator to tell me we are a go and that would be called the EMA ribbon, which is a technical indicator. If we are under the EMA ribbon, that typically means that we are still in a down market. Now on the longer time frames. The, the daily, the weekly, we are still under the EMA ribbon. So right now we are testing that EMA ribbon on the longer time frame. So as soon as we break above and close a candle above this EMA ribbon on the longer time frames, I am a go to probably put in some trades because anytime we get a bounce or anytime we go back over that EMA ribbon, we're technically more in a bull market and we might even get several bounces off of that EMA ribbon as it trends up before it crosses back over uh, across the EMA ribbon in a negative way. So I am, although I am holding all my portfolios across all my cryptos, I'm holding off on my trading account until we break that EMA ribbon and close a green candle above it. But I'm tempted to get in because we did have a major area of support and resistance that has been broken as resistance and we have broken above it clearly so that to me is already a strong strong sign that we are going to go higher i don't think this is a fake a, a, a fake out i really do genuinely believe based on the ta that i've seen as well as just the fundamental the fundamentals behind bitcoin and behind crypto and seeing the mass adoption taking place on a daily basis india just made crypto legal Right? We're talking about 1.2 billion people in India are now legally allowed to buy crypto. Okay, There's a talk of a spot ETF coming out this year. That's huge. That means a ton of American investors are going to buy spot Bitcoin ETFs, which are actually bought, backed by real Bitcoin. That is going to bring a ton of money into the market. So... 1.2 billion people now legally allowed to buy crypto. Another millions more, when we get a spot ETF this year, are going to be able to buy crypto from Fidelity or you know Ameritrade or whatever. I don't use, really use those brokerages anymore. I'm a, I've, I've unbanked myself. I am my own bank, which is why, and I want to do another podcast later on why I love crypto because you literally get to be your own bank. The stuff that banks get to do, this, I literally get so excited talking about this. So when you put your money in a bank, banks use that money for stuff. They invest it. They lend it out. They 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 use that money. Now I get to be the freaking bank, baby. I've got my money. 
instead of it sitting in a bank account earning nothing, losing value on inflation, I actually can lend my cryptos out to different platforms for traders to use as liquidity. And they reward me for that by giving me a percentage back, which is what the bank would do if they had my money. But screw you, bank. I'm my own bank now. I'm going to do the things that you do to make money so I can earn an interest and yield on my money so I don't lose money over time, which is what I would do sitting in a bank. So I love that. I'm, I'm on probably eight or nine different farming platforms where I lend out tokens for liquidity for traders into trading pools. I love doing that. Man, I think it's just, I think it's one of the coolest freaking things in crypto. I'll tell you what, it is, it is so cool. Farming is, is unreal. And it's great too because my token is gaining value and I'm earning interest as well. So that's just one of the really, that's probably the main cool thing that I really like is just the farming and adding, adding liquidity for traders and getting to getting paid for that, for lending out my cryptos. So that's just one of the many use cases. I know that I could go into more, but we're already getting late on this pod. But even cryptos themselves are a lot of times products behind them. For example, there's a decentralized storage crypto called storage and basically it means that people are offering up their space on their computers across the world to actually store your data in a decentralized way so that's awesome right you don't need a hard drive if you have if you're using this crypto in this program then your stuff is being stored on other people's like like sort of like pieced off into other people's computer databases whatever right and then when you need it it'll pull from those back and get your item back to you in a full fully decentralized way where you don't have to worry about a centralized power trying to destroy that item that you have that maybe they don't want people to see or maybe they are against in some way and they can remove from their website or take it down right if you have google drive be careful they can delete stuff from your google drive that is not your drive so, so we as people need to find decentralized ways to store our in, store our videos and photos and PDFs, whatever it is, a decentralized way to store those. Google Drive, they, if they they don't like what you have on there, they'll just delete it. I, I, it's happened, which is crazy to me that they would even consider doing that. It's such an invasion of privacy, but this is Google we're talking about, so not really surprised by any of that. So that's just one of the many examples of crypto. Again, it is the future. You'll be seeing a lot of Super Bowl ads for cryptos, which is pretty exciting. Again, mass adoption is coming. I do think we will see one more massive bull run here, maybe up to 100K by the end of the year. So if you want to get into crypto, now is the time, people. Now is the time. Once again, this is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. Make sure to do your own research. This is just for entertainment purposes only. All right, there's my disclaimer for you, so you can't sue me. All right, guys, that is it. Hopefully, you got some stuff out of this podcast. I enjoyed doing it. Enjoy your day wherever you are, if you're riding in the car or at the gym or wherever you're listening to this pod, guys. Enjoy your day. Take some time to enjoy what you got around you and all the awesome things you have in your life because you do have a lot of awesome stuff. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening, and I will see you guys on the next one.